855-5510. It's time for The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Hit the guys up on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. You know, give OU credit. They, they did everything you're supposed to do to win a game on the road. They controlled tempo. They played smart. For the most part, they, they took care of the ball, even though they end up having, I think, 11. They rebounded the ball above average. I mean, they did a lot of good things. They didn't make threes. But if you look across the board, what else could they have done a, a lot better? And you look at us, you know, we're so happy and that we won. But, I mean, that's about as poor as we played in a long time. I mean, I, I, how many layups did you guys count we missed the first half? Huh? Oh, ten in the first half. Ten in the first half, and how many for the game? Twenty-one. Twenty-one layups, not being able to play through contact. Now, granted, out of 21, 11 of them were hard shots. But ten of them were should be, you should be able to play through contact. And so we didn't do a good job with that. And then we didn't guard. We didn't guard very well at all. We didn't guard their actions well. We didn't guard Sherfield well at all. And, and, and uh, Milos is a terrific, uh, a terrific uh, freshman and just kind of found a way. But give, give OU credit. They were good. Uh, brutal. I felt last night, and what I felt did not feel good. OU was up 10 with five minutes left. Uh, Yeah, Travis, I've seen OU fall short before in Lawrence. I've seen him fall short every year since 1993, unfortunately. But there was a lot – there was a part of me last night that thought, oh, my gosh, I think it might happen tonight. And then, unfortunately, it didn't down the stretch. That was was a rough way to go out. Yeah, I remember watching it last night. and I I feel like every OU fan – uh, had that feeling of just impending doom. You could hear Fran Fraschilla even talking about it, saying, "Oh, here co- feels like there's about to be an 8-0 run." You know, feels like you know. I know it's like shut up, Fran. Yeah, me too. I'm like, dude. He's like, oh, here it comes. Uh, you know, they get one stop or make one bucket. Oh, here it comes. The crowd's into it. Like, Fran, calm down a little bit here, man. But yeah, I think every OU fan felt it. I'm, I, you know, you start to wonder, Tyler. Do the players feel it? Do they know that we haven't won in Allen Fieldhouse in 30 years? Do they, do they, is that why they tighten up? Is that a situation there? Cause up 10 with five to play and KU's been playing, playing poorly. And I'll tell you, OU defended like yeah. on ball defense incredibly. Yeah. I mean, incredibly. Some of the best defense they've played all year. So I know we play that clip from self, but like I would say a lot more of those, you know, 11 layups. We're contested. I mean, they were really playing tough. But I, I can't believe we've made it this far into a segment without mentioning 31 free throws in the second half alone for I KU. Know, they don't score a field goal for over 13 minutes, was it? Something like like that's uh, and and OU did what they needed to do to get you know stretch that lead out, and they just didn't make the plays down the stretch to win the basketball game. But, man, it felt like KU was kept in it for a long time. Yeah, they were getting to the free throw line, and there were some questionable calls. I I, I do think OU got helped out a couple times. Uh, there was a pass that goes out of bounds on OU's end of the floor. Kevin McCuller doesn't touch it, but they keep it with OU. But, yeah, I mean, the, what, what you're talking about there, it was, it was extremely noticeable, man. And just uh, 
got up 10 with five minutes left, and you kind of asked, did the players feel it? Yeah, I think the players felt it, and is that because they've lost some close games as of late? I think that's a contributing factor, but, you know, being, you know, watching a game at Allen Fieldhouse, I think I've been up there four or five times, um, it's hard not to feel it, regardless of how experienced you are, you know? Like, they can get a 5-0 run, cut it in half like they did, and that place just comes alive. It's just... It's the hardest. It's the toughest place in the conference. It may be the toughest place in college basketball to have a late lead because all they need is a short little run, and all of a sudden it feels like everything's against you, and, it, and it's hard to it's hard to flip it back the other way. Yeah, and even Fran throughout the broadcast is saying, "Man, it's just something. It's this winning DNA that just continues to be impossible to overcome." And this, you know, KU basketball. It's just you know when you're wearing a white jersey in this building, you're just going to feel things are going to go your way. It's like. <laughs> yeah, you could say that again, man. Yeah, come on, Fran. Did you have KU money line last night? Uh, or did you have KU minus ten? Were you hoping the number would get there, or what? What's going on? No, he's he's right. He's Fran's Fran's awesome. He's really good at uh, at what he does. Uh, the text line says KU started mauling OU in the last five minutes, and the refs wouldn't call anything. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, they they played some good physical defense down the stretch. I do think it was interesting, like, you know, it's it's something if you were just to kind of cut out, a, a you know, a little cross-section of a basketball game, when you see Kansas come down and occasionally they had just the open jumper or, or the close, you know, dunk or something like, oh, that looked really easy to score. And then you look at the Oklahoma end and it's like, good Lord, we're having to have some incredible possessions, some great singular um, plays to score it's like man that's not a good sign I don't think KU was egregious in their you know fouls or if they were mauling down the stretch like I said there was a couple fouls that I think could have gone the other way but at the end of the day OU just didn't make the plays at the end no. of the game no and I and look Grant Shearfield's their best scorer and he had offensively a a good game last night I don't love that shot that he had uh, try to take the three to go up by one late. That's just not a very high productive – it's just not the shot that you want in that spot. And Porter Moser basically was shaking his head before – like right when the ball was coming out of his hands. Obviously, it wasn't a great result. I know that, you know, he feels like he's going to be the guy that takes that shot. And, look, I wanted Grant Sherfield to take the shot in that spot, but that's just – that's not the shot you want, man. Yeah, and it, what's unfortunate is, you know, kind of after the – you know, you have these chances to win, and after the Iowa State game, you know, the, the topic of conversation, as it is so often with home games, is, man, it'd be nice to have some home court advantage. Like, you talk about KU, and I know that OU's not on the level of KU, but you talk about KU's home court advantage, it is palpable, Tyler. I mean, you talk about those 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 fans getting into it. When's the last time that anybody on a national broadcast said, oh, these OU fans, once they get into it, it's it's tough on the other team. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, KU is, you know, I haven't been to Cameron Indoor. I haven't been to Assembly Hall in Indiana. Um, I, I've been just mostly around a few stops in the conference. I haven't been a whole lot of places nationally for college hoops. But, you know, the last time I was at KU was like 2019, I want to say. And mm-hmm. they were the best team in the conference at that time. And they were playing the worst team in the conference that day, West Virginia. It was 2018, 2019, whenever it was. Travis, like, KU was up, I think, 32 with under two minutes left. And it felt like nobody had left the arena. 
I mean, I, and I'm being serious. Like, the students were all there. It's just a really tough place to play. And we just all marvel at that long streak that Kansas had at winning the league. Well, man, when you have a home court advantage for that for half of your conference games, it's a huge asset, man. It's an asset that nobody else in the league's been able to have since the inception of the Big 12. Like, no wonder. Yeah, they had the best athletes. They had the best home court advantage. Yeah, I'm not that surprised that they you know, won the Big 12 that many years in a row. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. People are like, well, it's because they've been really good. Yes, of course, they've been really good. But there's also, to your point, it's easier to be good when you have such a dramatic home court advantage. Like, it, it makes it easier to go on those runs. It simply does. So I, I think there's a chicken and egg scenario happening, Tyler. It's, oh, we'll go see the games whenever you're good. Well, hey, recruit better. Hey, win more games. It's like, you know how hard it is to walk a recruit into Lloyd Noble Center right now and have them watch a home game in front of, you know, 2,000 people, 3,000 people, and then go somewhere else in the country, which is also recruiting them, and play in front of a packed house and then say, hey, Porter, how come you can't land that guy? Yeah. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Bobby from Austin, OU men's basketball down the stretch. Has me hating the sport. Just put me in a uh, chamber until September 2nd at this point, okay? Uh, KU's Allen Fieldhouse was rocking last night. Why can't Oklahoma get a crowd like that? I want to turn on my TV and see that atmosphere in Norman. People stop being lazy and go to OU games. Well, hey, look, if you're waiting for the Lloyd Noble Center to look like Allen Fieldhouse, you're probably going to be waiting a while because I, that that's an atmosphere that is... I don't know if there's a better one in the sport. Maybe Duke is, but I, I think you can say that for virtually like every single college basketball team that's out there. That I mean, KU might have the best home court advantage in all the sports, so I'm not yeah, going to hold mean, OU's home list. court to that, to that standard is what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, it, we hold it to the standard of Iowa State's, you know? I mean, I mean hold it to – if you don't want to go full-blown um, – you know, full-blown, blue-blood, KU, Duke, Kentucky, this style, you certainly can, you know, compare it to Iowa State, who has a much better home court advantage than we do. Yeah. You know, like, so there's a situation where there are some that are going to say crowd doesn't matter whatsoever, but I don't know. And that's on there. I do think crowd matters. I think the crowd is more important in college basketball than probably any sport. Right. I mean, it's you hear players talk about it, you know, and, and again, it's, these are the people that are here to support you, you know, and you want to be supported if you're a young college athlete. I think OU fans might have gotten a bit spoiled when they had two top five picks grow up within 20 minutes of OU and come to OU, and now I think they just assume, well, just go get those again. Just go get another top five pick, Porter. Like, well, Trey Young and Blake Griffin aren't growing on trees in Norman. This is an interesting text from the 405. Stoops is a Kelvin Sampson. Riley is a Jeff Capel, and Brent will be a Lon Kruger. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that means Brent will make at least one Final Four if he's a Lon Kruger, right? I don't know. I yeah, I, I mean, don't know what they're yeah. getting at there, but uh, Lon Kruger's I'll try a to Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, Lon Kruger's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I'm, hey, you know what? I I, I like the uh, creativity of the take. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It was an interesting take uh, for sure. All right, transfer portal. Uh, we're 
really kind of sitting back and waiting to see if uh, Jaron Bradley, Texas Tech wide receiver, does indeed enter into the portal. Uh, we opened up Locked In today, Travis, saying, all right, you have three commits in three consecutive days. Let's see if you can get four commits in four consecutive days. Tyron Broden, the six foot seven wide receiver out of Bowling Green, not announcing today. He was supposed to. He's canceling that. Walter Rouse, there's uh, Crystal Balls in for Nebraska. So I guess something crazy could happen. Um, never think that that, you know, that, that could always be the case. But I, I, I have a feeling that we're not going to get a breaking news tidbit with a portal ad via the show today. Hope I'm wrong, but I just I don't get the feeling that anything is necessarily imminent. Hey, you never know, man. Portal portal season is crazy, man. They they pack everything in such a short amount of time, and everybody's moving quickly. So who knows? Yeah, but I, I would guess that um, you know that's a, that's a that's a bad uh, you know you gotta you gotta tease a little bit more. Hey guys, tune in. I think in the third hour of the show we're gonna get some big news. Make sure and uh, oh, stay tuned. Oh well, here's in. the deal, Travis. If that doesn't happen, <laughs> even if it's a tease, you know how the text line reacts to that. You guys get our hopes up and nothing happens. <laughs> Bunch of sunshine oh, pumpers. Gosh, yes. By the way, uh, did you like the new open? It does not say Friday Rush anymore when we're on I together know. on Wednesday, so people can't get upset about that either. That's did nice. You, did, you hear the, uh, did you hear the three days? I, I hope you didn't. I hope you enjoyed your vacation, but I don't know if you listened at all to uh, Teddy and I. But I heard it was uh, mostly griping by Teddy that he had to work as much as he did. I'll tell you what, it was very interesting, man. We talked a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of rock bands, um, a lot of what coaches drove, specific coaches drove, um, about your favorite painting, least favorite painting, things like that. So we, we kind of touched on everything. But, um, no, we did an intro, or they did an intro for the Rush, and it was OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Travis Davidson and I feel bad because I feel like I stripped him of his uh, Buckus Award. <laughs> I, and the text line's been asking that this week. They've noticed that, too. It's like, wait, what happened to Teddy's Buckus Award? Did he get uh, stripped of it like Reggie Bush did his Heisman exactly. Trophy? What happened? I was yeah. like, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you, bro. They, they found out 20 years after the fact that Teddy did indeed uh, commit some uh, NCAA violations. His butt kiss has been taken away. Not the Ben Derrick, just the butt kiss. They'd probably be happy. They're like, finally, OU's, in the, in, OU's playing dirty. I like it. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's funny because uh, we taught him about Hezbollah. Um, because I can't I believe he didn't know who that who that is. Really, you really can't believe that title. Well, I can believe it. It's still okay. it's more disappointing than anything. And then we taught him that you were able to turn on tweet notifications for specific Twitter accounts. So it was very sound educational. Like a, sound like a workshop for him last week. Yeah, it was very educational. I'm hoping he took notes. We will see. Um, I guess uh, when we're bowling, I'll try and get in his head with some Hasbulla references. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have y'all heard anything about Xavier Worthy on the text line? Um, I've heard the same thing you have, okay? That the new wide receivers coach followed him, that he got a couple other follows from, from OU guys. But I just, maybe I'm dead wrong about this. I just don't think OU pursues that one, man. It just, it does not seem like an OU fit. Uh, you hear a rumor every other week that Xavier Worthy is going to hop in the portal and go to USC or wherever he is. I just... He's a nice player, sure. I think he had a tough year, a lot of drops. He's a nice player. I just, I don't think OU's so desperate to want to go down that road. Yeah, I think, I think if he called, I think that he would. They would definitely pick up the phone. But it seems that we've, uh, you know, we've seen his um, purchases online and things like that. It, 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 
it seems like he may be a little bit more interested in NIL than what OU kind of wants to deal with, um, perhaps. So uh, other than just trying to turn the dagger in Texas and taking what is probably their best receiver, uh, other than that, I think I think you have other options at wide receiver, which is why I think Broden kind of got oh, the, they they put it on the back burner. You know, they yeah. turned it down a little bit. They didn't do the front right burner, which everybody knows is the best. Burner. <laughs> I actually I do agree with that. Uh, one more from the nine one eight thoughts on Spencer Rattler staying at South Carolina, right move for him. Um, though I think the quarterback draft class could still be pretty good going into next year, right move for him. I I don't think he would have been a, a first round pick this year. Uh, they're building something at South Carolina, man. They, they, they've got some momentum out there, but they lost their best running back via the portal. They lost their two tight ends in the portal. They lost an edge player to Florida State in the portal. Um, Spencer Rattler is going to need to replicate the performances he had against Tennessee and Clemson if they are going to build on that, what, eight-win season that they had this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of what you know. my conversations have been like about Marvin Mims, right? continuity is very hard to find in this sport and it's becoming especially with the portal increasingly hard to find Tyler so uh, I, I say with Marvin Mims you know he had three different wide receivers coaches two different play callers two different head coaches three different quarterbacks uh, like like that that's tough like we talk about it with Baker Mayfield all the time in the pros when you have so many different coaches teaching you all kinds of different things and systems and this that and the other like it gets tough so I love that Rattler returns. I think he gets some more time to be with Beamer, get some consistency, and, uh, and and build some rapport. Even just being living in the same place, you know, can be helpful after a time. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think it was a good move for him to come back. I think it was really the obvious move, Tyler. Yeah, I, I think it was the obvious move as well. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. There's a way-too-early ranking on the 25 best quarterbacks next year in college football. Dylan Gabriel made the list. Where is he at? You might be surprised. We'll talk about it coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on The Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. Now you can't beat that. Be sure to check out the lineups for Buick and GMC. And homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Learn more at pva.org. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Keep the text coming. Let's go. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Teased it uh, before the break, but 24-7 Sports has their top 25 returning quarterbacks in 2023. Now, before I tell you exactly where Dylan Gabriel is ranked on this list, Travis, I'm going to tell you a um, a pretty large group of players that Dylan Gabriel is ranked in front of. Here we go. Dylan Gabriel is ranked higher on this list than Will Howard at Kansas State, Shadur Sanders at Colorado, Spencer Rattler at South Carolina, Grayson McCall, Will Rogers at uh, Mississippi State, 
Cam Rising at Utah, Quinn Ewers at Texas, Tanner Mordecai at Wisconsin, Spencer Sanders at question mark. That's a pretty, that's a good list right there. A lot of well-known names throughout the sport. Are there any of those names that I just mentioned to where you said, wow, I'm surprised that DG is ranked higher than that guy? I don't know about surprised. Uh, I, I'm probably higher on Grayson McCall than most. Um, I, th- I thought he was, I mean, when you look at what he's done from an efficiency standpoint, especially historically, uh, it has been great. But, you know, I, I think it's probably about accurate. I'm, I'm surprised that maybe they didn't give Cam Rising a little bit more love. I thought Cam Rising would get a, a um, lot more love. He was all the yeah. way back at number 14 on this list, and he has two Pac-12 titles under his belt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's an interesting list, but it shows you even if there's one or two, it still shows you where DG is, you know, at least from a national perspective, right? And no, and I think that's about accurate. I mean, obviously, I'm taking it over. I'm taking him over Rogers and Spencer Sanders and even Tanner Mordecai. Like I know Tanner had a good season, but I'm still not thinking. I think a lot of people say, "Oh man, if we just kept Tanner Mordecai, we'd be in different shape." Like I don't think it's as cut and dry as that necessarily. But yeah, I think that's a good list. What do you think about Shador Sanders, Tyler? Um, I think he's um, a little overrated. Uh, I just – we'll see, man. If, if they get Jaden Rashada at Colorado, like, is Shador Sanders going to start? Probably. Does he finish the year? I, I don't know. I think that that could get interesting. Uh, well, because I, I had a conversation with a couple people a couple nights ago just talking about Colorado expectations because I think it's one of the more fascinating storylines going into the 2023 season. So, that won't be the last time we talk about it, but um, – like, they won one game last year. They didn't have a lot of talent. Dion is still unproven at, at this level, at least, right? I mean, they talk about, well, Lincoln took USC from 4-8 to eight to, you know, what, 11 wins. Yeah, but Lincoln Riley, first of all, USC started with a lot more talent. Um, Lincoln Riley had coached and won a lot more games. And, oh, yeah, there's this guy named Caleb Williams. Pretty darn good. So, I just don't think Shadur can is the one that can really put the team on the back and run, you know, run. Yeah, I, the, I saw Fox Sports have him as a uh, Heisman favorite next year. It's like Good that's Lord. no, that's not realistic, and and really, it's not all that fair to the kid. I, I just think he has way too high expectations next year. He's not a bad we'll player. I just don't think he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in that league next year. Which you got to be a good quarterback to got be a one lot of the better, better uh, quarterbacks in the conference. So yeah, th- I'll tell you what, Pac-12 is. Uh, they had a great off season, or uh, they are having a great off season, I should say. From the four hundred five, my guess is eleven. This texture thinks Dylan Gabriel is eleven. Uh, for top quarterbacks going into next year. You're really, really close. Dylan Gabriel is actually at number 10. Listed as a top 10 quarterback coming back in college football next year. Gabriel's at 10. Jaden Daniels is at 9 from LSU. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan's at 8. Michael Pratt at Tulane's at 7. Sam Hartman at Notre Dame's at 6. Jordan Travis at Florida State's 5. Bo Nix at Oregon is 4. Michael Penix Jr. at Washington is three. Drake May at North Carolina is two. And you know who's at number one, the reigning yeah. Heisman winner, yeah. Caleb Williams. So so here, here here's the deal, text line. You heard me say a lot of different names that are behind Dylan Gabriel in this rankings, and you heard me mention the nine quarterbacks that are ranked 
in front of him. Like, is a 10 ranking fair? Would you have him higher? Would you have him lower? Or is it dead on, ba- dead on balls accurate that he's at number 10 on this list? I don't know if it's dead on balls accurate. I, I-, I think it's in the right range, though. I think that you could, maybe there's one quarterback, maybe a Jaden Daniels in front of him that you could argue that he's better than. Maybe there's a quarterback behind him, like a Cam Rising, that's better. I, I don't know. I, I would tend to think that Gabriel is probably somewhere in that 9-12 to 12 range coming back next year. But the thing with DG, and, and I guess it's not all that different from a lot of other of these, uh, a lot of these other quarterbacks on the list, how good is his wide receiver core going to be? You know, like that's going to go a long way in what Dylan Gabriel's final like, actual ranking on this list will probably be at the end of next year. Yeah, it will. It will definitely uh, impact it. But I mean, also, it's it's system based, right? I mean, Levy's an offense that scores a lot of points, gains a lot of yards. Uh, there's a lot of production there. there. There's a reason that Alabama is after him. Um, I know. I know a lot of fans feel feel a certain type of way about him, but. You know, if Nick Saban wants him, then then that's pretty good validation. So, um, but yeah, there are obviously a lot of other factors, Tyler, that go into you know how a quarterback sets up for the next season. But but I do think he's right in that correct range, and I think the wide receiver play is going to be better. Uh, I think you know the 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 big question will be who starts opposite uh, kind of Jaleel Farouk. If you've got you know Jaleel and somebody on the outside and Drake in the slot, um, I talked with a couple defensive backs. Uh, um, over the last few days, and they think L.V. Bunkley Shelton actually is uh, um, is who they take on that outside. Huh. Uh, well, by this list, I guess Dylan Gabriel will be thought of as the best. Well, at, at least by this list, thought of as the best returning quarterback in the conference next year. Better than yeah. uh, better than Spencer Sanders, which I don't think Spencer Sanders is going to be in the Big Twelve next year. Yes, better than Alan Bowman, we should say. Better than Alan Bowman. Yeah, Alan Bowman did not make the top twenty-five that I saw. And that is, it, there are a couple people asking on the text line who OSU picked up. Um, yes, it's Alan Bowman. Um, you may remember him from Texas Tech. He hit, well, last year was, I believe, third string at Michigan. Um, he's coming to Stillwater. Let's see. I would say he's better than Bo Nix, says the text line. I would have him in the number eight spot, maybe. Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, we saw him compete against Jordan Travis. I thought that they were pretty comparable. Yeah, um, Jordan Travis just has a different element in the run game than Dylan Gabriel has. So that may be – I think that, to me, gives Jordan Travis the edge over Dylan Gabriel. Bo Nix, like Bo Nix, had a really a good weird, year, man. You yeah, know? but Bo Nix is a weird like. I feel like it's thirty for thirty worthy. Like everybody thought, like oh man, Bo Nix, we're all good. Auburn, Oregon, like it's everybody just thought that he was the second coming coming out of high school. So it's been interesting because because I think it's similar to like how people think about Justin Broyles. Like they just remembered freshman Justin Broyles, and then they let that kind of you know, dictate how they thought about him for the rest of his career. I feel like people, it matters when people first heard about or first watched Bo Nix, and that and that kind of molded their opinion on him for the rest of his career. So I'm surprised he's that high, to be honest, Tyler. Uh, Nick says, I well, you know who else had a Bo Nix type of year, but he actually made it to New York in terms of, you know, had a very up-and-down career, but then figured it out this past year? Max Duggan kind of had that year, did he not? 
I mean, Max Duggan didn't even yep. win the starting job at TCU coming out of fall camp, and he ends up being in the uh, he ends up being a Heisman Trophy finalist in the national championship game. Guy, he looked rough though. Yeah, I mean, he I did. get it. George is incredible. George is absolutely incredible. Guy, he looked rough. Nick says, I think DG would be higher than Tulane's quarterback. Is their quarterback really better than DG? Michael Pratt's pretty good, man. Like Dylan Gabriel might be a better pure thrower of the football. I I don't know if I would necessarily argue with that, but I I well I I think that one's a little tough. I I think those two guys are very. They're not very similar, man. I feel like Michael Pratt does a ton of things in the run game. Maybe his biggest plays are in the run game, and Dylan Gabriel's biggest plays are with the deep ball down the field. Yeah, and and I think, you know, a a name we hadn't really talked about, at least for the last hour since I've been on, I think DG is going to benefit so immensely from having Austin Stogner in the middle, that that kind of intermediate passing game. I think that's going to be such a benefit that that alone will catapult uh, DG's performance up uh, by maybe 15% what we saw this year. Chase in Orange County says, Dylan Gabriel quarterback rank, dead on balls accurate at 10, as is. DG is a top five quarterback with an intermediate passing game. Well, they need to develop that uh, intermediate passing game next year, I would say. A few more here. Dylan is in the same position as uh, Rattler. Not a dual threat. If Arnold is everything is advertised, Arnold starts by at least game four, similar to how Caleb took over. You'll hear a lot of, we want Arnold. I, um, I, God, I'll, we better not. I'll, I'll, bet ag- I'll, I'll bet against you on the game four that, um, that Arnold starts. Most, well, there, there's a lot of reasons why I would do that, but we don't know the schedule, or at least the nine the last nine games of the year, but we do know the first three, Travis, and I get it. OU was six and seven last year, and OU has no business overlooking anyone. Okay, well, still, they should beat Arkansas State, they should beat SMU, and they should beat Tulsa. I Dylan Gabriel is going to have some very favorable matchups against those defenses next year. He would have to play pretty terrible against some non-Power 5 teams next year for to me, for that to even be a thought for Jackson Arnold to take over by game four. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, there would have to be quite the um, just just catastrophic uh, situation going on. But you don't want a true freshman coming in when you've got when you've got Dylan Gabriel there. He knows the system. He knows the receivers. He's going to be in his second year with these guys. I just, Tyler, it's going to be a very, very long eight months of people saying oh my gosh, that Jackson dude. Arnold needs to start over Dylan Gabriel. It's going to be a long eight months. I, I, so I yeah. need to get a canned answer typed <laughs> up that I can just play on a recording. Like, we'll have, uh, um, we'll have Connor or somebody just play it for me. But, no, it's you want Dylan Gabriel starting. The thing is, Dylan Gabriel has not stayed healthy. For the Jackson Arnold enthusiast, which I am one, I think he is the real deal, but – the Jackson Arnold enthusiast, if Dylan Gabriel goes out, say he gets concussion, say concussion protocol becomes, you know, ten times more serious because of what we've seen around the league and everything like that, that if you just – if you say you have a headache, they'll pull you out, you know, for a week. You'll get to see Jackson Arnold this year, I promise you. But please, people, don't start chanting for the backup in our first home game or in our first conference game. Like, 
please don't do that. That puts the backup in a bad situation, puts the starter, puts the coach, puts everybody in a bad situation. Sooner Soldier says, at what point of the season will the making excuses for DG stop? Well, hey, there's at least one person that's going to be chanting for Jackson Arnold in the first yep, three games. There you go. There you go. There you I, go. I, I feel like um, – tell me if this is accurate or not. I, I, I almost feel like the fan base is in two different camps. One, Jackson Arnold needs to start next year if you're going to get where you want to be next season. Or I, I even think that unfortunately, and I think that this is dead wrong, that there's even a small section of the fan base after that Under Armour game saying, well, God. He didn't throw for 450 yards and four touchdowns. Maybe he's a little bit overvalued and not as good as we think. Was that take out there last week while I was gone? No, I think. But I think remembering Jackson's own words would do people really well. He has said that he looks forward to learning from Dylan Gabriel, a guy that's been in the system for a very long time. We just got the entire text line, for the most part, to agree that Dylan Gabriel is right around a top-10 quarterback returning. So you think you you now think Jackson Arnold is the best quarterback in the Big 12 immediately when he steps on campus because that's what was agreed to essentially by everybody that he's he's the top 10 ranked top 10 ish ranked in the country coming back and top ranked in the Big 12. So boom, right when Jackson Arnold steps on campus, best quarterback in the Big 12, just sight sight on scene. I like this text from the 918. One more before we hit a break. Huskers at OU will rule be ready to get a beat down big time. Do you know something I don't know? I, I Look, I would love for there to be some uh, weird surprise where Nebraska's <laughs> playing at OU next year. As a season ticket holder, it would make the home schedule a lot better, even though Nebraska hasn't been any sort of good in a while. But unfortunately, Nebraska does not play at OU next year. I wish that was the case. SMU yeah, plays at OU say. next year. Arkansas State plays at OU next year, but not Nebraska. Yeah, y'all know something I don't know, if that's the case. All right, 405-651-3439. It's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to more of those and a whole lot more in college football coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is The Ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond. It is the rush on the ref, in case you missed it, uh, being reported that L.D. Washington will not be at OU next year. I think OU is maybe hoping that they would hire a new wide receivers coach, figure out a way for L.D. Washington to stay on staff in an off-the-field role, but it looks like he's going to be the next wide receivers coach at Western Kentucky, Georgia, and TCU, the least viewed championship game in BCS slash college football playoff history. I don't think... That's a very big surprise after the 65-7 beatdown Georgia put on TCU. And then uh, the final rankings by both CBS and The Athletic are out. OU comes in at number 55 in the final CBS poll. They come in at number 47 in the Athletic poll. You think there's a chance that OU starts next season as an unranked team? It, it, it would be weird, but what, what kind of chance do you give that? I mean, they should. They should start as an unranked team, but Tyler, we've seen time and time again um, from our neighbors, specifically to the Southwest, um, a lot of it just has to do with expectations, and it has to do with the logo. We've seen it with A&M in Texas over and over, right? So um, I, I think it's fair to have us unranked. I mean, heck, just coming off six and seven, uh, but I do think when you look at 
you know, again, the recruiting class coming in, the transfers that we have coming in, I think I think we have a good opportunity, Tyler, to finish higher ranked than what we start. I'll put it that way. Yeah. You know who's uh, not very good? A, a blue blood, I should say, that's not very good at college basketball right now? How about the Kentucky Wildcats? It's yeah, actually it's actually so bad at UK that not only are they currently listed as first four out in Lenardi's bracketology, but one of their fans got kicked out last night in a home game for a sign that read, please go to Texas, and that was aimed at John Calipari. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> Kentucky fans are saying, to hell with you, Coach Cal. Go to Texas. We don't care. Hey, you know, that's why you don't uh, lock horns with Mark Stoops. Yeah, yeah. Who's coming out looking good now? I, I guess Kentucky got shut out in their bowl game a couple well, hey, of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, but who yeah, cares yeah. about that, right? Come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. Uh, We're talking about uh, Kentucky basketball now. Please <laughs> go to Texas aimed at Coach Cal. Wow. Significant development there. Maybe that's exactly what he'll do at the end of the season. Go to Texas. I think yeah, there's I mean, been contact between the two. Yeah, who do you think ends up in that Texas job? They're going to swing for the fence, there's no doubt. Uh, it's probably Coach Cal's job if he wants it, is what I would guess. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Staff-wise, I mean, there's just – it's got to be tough knowing that you're just – I mean, I guess we can kind of relate to it, but the just total – I mean, they were going to give that guy a lifetime contract. Like, Chris Beard was the answer to the program – multiple five stars coming in this that and the other like like del conte was not having to thinking he was going to have to readdress a basketball situation for probably the rest of his yes like (laughs) the rest of his career seriously yeah and now right away oh man man things can things can turn around quick man good luck are they still a basketball school asking for a friend great text maybe not anymore uh kentucky football has had a nice little run here Nick said, I'd rather us be unranked. We should have to really work for our ranking back, just like everyone else, just being honest, okay? Uh, 918, OU won't be ranked next preseason, dudes. Uh, there's no, there's too many haters, especially coming off that 6-7. and seven. You know, it was odd to not be picked to win the conference this past year, right? I think OU was picked to finish second and Baylor was picked to finish first. Where OU's picked in the league this coming offseason is going to be fascinating as well. I won't be shocked if they're behind TCU. I won't be shocked if they're behind Kansas State. Uh, you know Texas is going to get a lot of hype. Uh, Tech's going to get some play to be a preseason top 25 team. I, I don't think OU's going to be picked to finish fifth in the conference next year, but will I be shocked if they're picked to finish third? I mean, not not necessarily. Yeah. I think I think some of it still has to do with the transfer portal, right? Like how that shakes out, how that continues to shake out, but and and how the new teams are in, you know, specifically in the Big Twelve. But Texas is going to be in the top twenty-five. I could, I would, I would bet money, significant money, on Texas being in the top twenty-five. I would, I would bet money that A and M's in the top twenty-five. And A and M just had a worse year than we did. I uh, that's just I just can't. I no, I think Do you that you're think right. They will be? No, I think you you're right. I, I've already seen them in a preseason uh way too early top twenty five in front of OU. And I understand those things don't mean anything, but I just shake my head and say, Really? A and M? they were awful last year. Look how many players they lost via the portal. why? Why should they be ranked? Look, 
I would tend to agree with you. OU probably doesn't deserve to be ranked in the preseason top 25 next year. That doesn't mean that they won't. But if OU doesn't deserve it, A&M sure as hell doesn't deserve to be there. How, how high do you think Colorado's ranked? Um, that's, a, that's, that's, well, that's interesting. Cause, they'll I mean, be the USC of last year. They'll come in at number eight to start the year, most oh likely. Oh, my God, could you imagine? They'll be ranked high. When they play TCU, Colorado will be the higher-ranked team over the team that just played for the national championship game. Kidding, kinda. I think. I think I don't think it would be outrageous to think that they're ranked like, like eighteenth. Yeah, I, I would say somewhere in between twenty and twenty-five. I, I I do think that they're probably in the top twenty-five, especially if they get Jaden Rashada and they continue to do damage in the transfer portal. I wouldn't pick Colorado there, but, but Jaden Rashada isn't a, is signed. He, well, he hasn't. He just uh, hasn't shown up. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and maybe there's a thought that he ends up at Colorado. Yeah, but he signed his NLI. Like they've got a. I don't know. Like uh, that's it's so wild to me. I feel I, I got my buddy, um, Mitch. That that's a big Florida guy that I met at Omaha, and he is just having the worst week of all time. He's he he keeps sending me all the two four seven message board posts about it, and yeah, he is he's not happy. I'm sure the ref army will crucify Stuart Mandel again if he doesn't put OU in his top 25. I don't know. I don't know if old Stewie's going to get the hate that he did last year. Right. Because <sighs> he got some hate last year, that's for sure. All right, uh, we'll get to more of your text coming up next. We'll close up hour number one on the other side. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Football is here, and your home for the best Sooner coverage statewide is The Ref. From the booth to the sidelines and beyond, our guys are there. The OU football talk you crave is right here. On your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network. The best place to play in 2023 is right here at Riverwind. Over 2,800 of your favorite games. You're simply the best. And with the best rewards program in OKC. It's easy to see why Riverwind is the Metro's best casino experience. Parents, do you want your teen to be a safe driver? Enroll them today in Oklahoma's free online Work Zone Safe course for teen drivers at www.workzonesafe.com. Your team will learn to be a safe driver in a work zone and be eligible to win scholarships, sports tickets, and more. Visit www.workzonesafe.com to learn more and enroll your team today. Workzonesafe.com. Experts say it takes 10,000 hours to master a skill, but you don't have to be a master to get started. At More Norman Tech, our hands-on training gets you on the right track right now with dozens of programs to fit your future. It takes hard work to turn a hobby into your hire. So get to it. Your success story is a lot closer than you think. More Norman Tech, powered by Career Tech. Sooner fans, don't miss your chance to see the 2022 NCAA National Champion Women's Gymnastics Team in 2023. Season and single meet tickets are on sale now, as well as group ticket opportunities starting at just $3. There are five opportunities to see your national champions at the Lloyd Noble Center this season, and the Sooners will host two national championship rematches against Utah and Florida. For tickets to the best show in town, visit Soonersports.com. Boomer Sooner.
Caring for an aged loved one can be challenging. Let us help your family. At Arbor House Assisted Living and Memory Care in Norman, we offer a safe and loving environment with a full-time licensed nurse, medication assistance, emergency call system, along with housekeeping and laundry services. Come tour our beautiful community. Call 405-292-9200 or visit us online at arborhouseliving.com. We want to help your family so you can be part of ours. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Mom was always very organized. But my sister and I noticed she started to forget things. Telling my girls about my Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard. But Mom's early detection gave us time to make a plan. My sister and I were there for Mom and each other. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Uh, RPG came through the belly of the aircraft. We don't talk about the female combat wounded. These are our daughters and our sisters and our mothers. Wounded Warrior Project came into my life and taught me how to stand back up and get back in the fight. The truth is I think we all have this strength inside of us, but until you're tested, you just don't know it's there. See how Wounded Warrior Project empowers women veterans like Beth by visiting woundedwarriorproject.org slash empowerwomenvets. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Hey guys, when you're looking for the best deals on liquor, a great beer selection, and the friendliest staff in Norman, head over to Joe's Wines and Spirits. TJ Perry here for my friends over at Joe's Wines. And with the new year upon us, maybe you're out of stock at home after all of those holiday parties and guests. Joe's Wines has the best prices in town, the staff's always there to help you out, and there's always great monthly specials. So do what I do, head over to Joe's Wines and Spirits right here in Norman, 1330 East Alameda, or visit their Facebook page for the latest deals. Cavis Construction bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. If you have an emergency repair, let Cavins deal, uh, uh, help, help you out with it. CavinsConstruction.com, the best way to see all the services they can provide for your home or your office building. Cavins Construction bringing you this hour of The Rush. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A lot happening right now in the portal. John Paul Richardson to TCU. Uh, Bryson Green still waiting on a decision for him. Uh, you got Zach Calzada who beat Alabama two years ago as the A&M quarterback. He is off to Incarnate Word from Auburn, and um, still kind of waiting to see 
if uh, Jaron Bradley at a Texas Tech is uh, indeed going to hop in the portal. You got a feel on that one, if Jaron Bradley is going to be in the portal or not? Because it feels like if he is, he's, he's eventually going to land at OU. Well, here's the thing. When you kind of read the tea leaves, you know, just, just on social media alone, you've got Dylan Gabriel sending out, you know, the lock emoji, all this, with, um, with Broden, which, you know, we had him on a visit. You know, he was taking pictures. Everything was going really well. He's the six-seven wide receiver out of Bowling Green, of course. And then all of a sudden, we kind of, you know, words we're, we're kind of backing off of him. And now he may not be a take. And now he moves back his announcement, his commitment date. He says his recruitment is still open. You're just following so the clues here. So that tells me he wa- he he was OU's to take. Why would OU choose not to take him? Must mean that we might have a better option, doesn't it? I look. I, I can get down into you know following the clues that you're throwing down there, going down that road because I think he would be a heck of an ad at wide receiver, and not only a great ad at wide receiver, he'd be one of the best players that you've had in the portal up to this point. I mean, seriously. He, I mean, he's he's a good player. All right, hour number two of the rush coming up next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the REF Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with 